This is Will Montgomery, former Washington Redskins center. Yo, what's good, folks? This is Trey Johnson, the headbanger, yo. And you're listening to Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. Word. What's going on, Rally? How you doing, man? Ted, I can finally say that I got, I was able to get some rest from last Sunday night's game, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's Wednesday and it took me two days to be able to recuperate from that prime time loss, but I'm not going to delve and I'm not going to stay too long on that because we've got a new show talking about these 49ers. Let's get it. Amen, man. Amen. Forget about the loss. Trying to move on. I know we don't bounce back like we used to. It was actually nice because I uh, I was at an event last night and one of my coworkers was there. And typically we catch up on Monday, see how the weekend was. He didn't call me till Tuesday. Because <laughs> he said, I figured you were either A, pissed off, B, tired, or C, just going to ignore my phone calls. So I decided not to even bother you on Monday. But I told him, I've been doing this for over 20 years. You know, you could have called me no problem if we needed a work thing going on. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, nice to take a break. I actually ended up going to, uh, you ever been to Enchant DC where they convert Nats Park and that whole like winter wonderland thing? No, I heard about it. But a lot of times, man, when, when I get off of work, my mind is on fighting traffic 95 South, bro. <laughs> Not going anything northbound at all. You know what I mean? I can appreciate it, man. I was out there last night with Mrs. Tailgate, ran into a couple of listeners, ran into a couple of friends, and we're nice. walking around the park. And, you know, they actually had like fake snow shooting out from the upper deck. Wow. Right. And I see these little kids standing underneath the fake snow, like sticking their tongue out and like having the snow land on their tongue. They're like, oh, man, this is actually like, is this legit snow? So I stuck my tongue out and had like a gigantic flake land on it. That was soap, man. It was, it was so it disgusting. Was soap. <laughs> it was soap bubbles that were coming out. And, you know, hats off to the people at Enchant because I think they did that on purpose because beside that, there was a stand where they were selling hot chocolate with Baileys in it and then a bunch of other cocktails. So I'm thinking people got all this disgusting soap in their mouth and they needed to wash it out with some stuff. So mm. why, what better than a $25 hot chocolate and Baileys? $25? It was ridiculous, man. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a good time. And if anyone gets a chance, I highly recommend it. I paid for my tickets. This is not an endorsement by them. But it was kind of fun because it gave me a chance to walk around and spend some time with a wife because I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks because of football stuff. Mm -hmm. And then she asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I immediately just texted her the Woodbridge Collectibles website. And that was the uh, autographed fake Lombardi trophy by the posse. So, you know, I'm hoping I, I pass that hint over to her. Well, that's interesting because we've, we've been talking about Woodbridge Collectibles since the inception of our show. and the good thing about them is they're actually going to have Fred Smoot Saturday, January the 7th at 1 o'clock. What are you doing January the 7th? Do you, do you know what you're doing January the 7th, Ted? I'm going to be prepping for the tailgate. So oh, one way oh. or the other, I'm going to be doing all that stuff, getting ready for Dallas, and then hopefully seeing you and Wilbur's Collectibles later on that day. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, definitely. But uh, they're going to be having, as I said, Fred Smoot at uh, Guy Fieri's DC Kitchen and Bar near the Capital One Arena signing autographs. And all autographs are going to be $25. And just to let everybody know, once again, the time is from 1 to 2 p.m., all right? And they're going to have autographed jerseys for $70. They're going to have 8 by 10 photos for $35, assorted mini helmets, anywhere from $65 to $150 signed by Fred Smoot, the mouth of the South. So do yourself a favor. If Fred's your guy, and even if he isn't your guy, someone's his guy, go down to DC's Kitchen Bar and uh, Guy Fieri's and, and get an autograph from Fred Smoot. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fans that are down there. And if you, you might see somebody who... Uh, you, you talk to on social media all the time, you know? 
There you go. And Fred's my man. I just hope he never sees the video on YouTube of the tailgate used to be a little rowdy back in the day. It's it's kind of calmed down now. I but can't see I, I used rowdy. To, <laughs> I used to burn players' jerseys in the parking lots uh, okay. before we went inside. So there was a Tony Romo jersey we tore because I knew a guy that worked at a – remember the old pro image of Potomac Mills? Yeah. So, it, you know, for those that don't know, Potomac Mills shopping mall here in the D.C. area, and they had a store there called Pro Image where they sold jerseys. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew a guy that worked there. He would give me opposing team jerseys that we would burn – before we all walked in and when fred left us and went to minnesota we had a 27 jersey smooth we torched that thing in the parking lot and i actually think there's a video of it i'm not going to tell anybody where it is because i don't want them to send it to fred but i know it's out there and it exists and uh yeah Mm -hmm. sports illustrated like the local sports illustrated actually sent something out about it a long time ago and we had to win that game to get in and it said, Redskins playoff hopes go up in flames. And it was a picture of the jersey oh, burning. Man. So we kind of stopped doing that because the team got a little pissed off, man. But no one let yeah. Fred know that because he's still my boy. Well, Fred does listen to the DMV mess hall. So, you know, he's probably going to be uh, tapping on your shoulder here pretty soon saying, uh, yeah, Ted, we need to have a little one-on-one. <laughs> well, he's got the phone number. If he sends me a text message, I'll know what it's about. But De- definitely, definitely. We but just remember might... that's that's that Saturday. Just just remember it's Saturday, January the seventh, from one to two p.m. at at a uh, Capital One Arena, Guy Fieri's DC Kitchen and Bar. Yeah, it's going to be a good spot. And our friend Worms Collectibles do a great job. Fred is hilarious to be around. You all know how funny he is on camera and on mic. Just imagine how amplified that is off camera with nothing recording no microphones i mean he's a hoot and he's definitely a fun guy to be around but especially with a couple of beverages oh yeah (laughs) a couple cocktails they got some good drinks over there i think you had like a a tito's and soda last time we were there so i mean it's definitely yeah it's it's fun over there guys i'm actually going to be there friday night for the caps game so if anyone's going out to the caps game friday night Stop by Guy Fieri's and look for me. I'll be there. I know Chris Russell will be there, a couple other people. So, fingers if crossed, in, Ovi breaks the goal. If I was in town, I, I'd join you, man. It's a Friday night. I can do Friday nights. Hey, priorities, man. Got to get out to San Fran. Get out there safe. Yeah. Actually, I know a lot of the uh, beat reporters are changing their flight plans to get out there and leave on Thursday versus Friday because of all the bad weather we're supposed to be getting. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, by, I'm hoping by the time I get out there, they'll they'll clean the roads up and everything and got everything under control. So my fingers are crossed. Yeah, man, we, we got to have the rally captain out there. It's not going to be a game without you out there rocking that chain. <laughs> Appreciate and it. Speaking of who we need out there rocking, here's the latest injury report from the other day. Uh, we did not have Sadiq Charles. He's got a concussion. He was a DNP. Cam Curl was limited with an ankle. Antonio Gibson was limited with a foot. Andrew Norwell's got a banged up shoulder. Chase Young, trending in the right direction, but he was limited with a knee. And Brian Robinson with a quad, he was a full participant though. But the guy that I think has hurt us the most by not being out there is Benjamin St. Juice. Mm -hmm. And this was actually what Ron Rivera said on BSJ's absence. With with Benjamin, what do you need to see going forward, and how did I mean? I don't. You know, well, he he see? he moved around very well. I mean, he had the kind of week last week that was progressing. You just feel like you know he, he's going to be there. Um, the big thing is he you know he's got to be able to plant drive, and and coming off of a high ankle, that's that's probably one of the things that you know you, you really have to see. I do know when he does part of his rehab, one of the things that he has to be able to do is get up on the one foot, and handle that as part of his rehab uh, treatment drills that they do, and. Um, and he's actually looked pretty good lately. So we're, 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 we're hopefully continuing to have him trend in the right direction. What do you miss? What have you missed not having him out there? Well, I, I think a guy that, you know, you're in, in some instances, you know, we, we would take a coverage and probably favor a little bit away from him at times. Um, you know, in here we're, we're playing a little bit more honest back there. We talked about it on our recap show for the Giants game. You know, Daniel Jones was picking on 
Dana Johnson. Well, if you have a BSJ out there, you can give us some help. And if we don't have BSJ out there, and everyone, me included, was excited that Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant, was coming in for Jimmy G. Because you've got this young man coming in here mm -hmm. that was the very last pick of the NFL draft. So you're thinking this will be an easier road out in San Francisco. Well, we'll get into our matchup here in a couple of minutes. But I went back and I've had nothing to do today other than I went to the team store. I picked up something from a little brother for Christmas. Okay. And I got I finally got to return a commander's helmet that I bought or exchange that was scuffed up when I bought it. And I walked around the team store to see if they had anything new. And then all I've been doing is watching all the 49ers games. And I don't know if you've watched the Thursday night football feed from uh, Amazon, but they have a feed with like next gen stats. So it's kind of like pop-up video from like the old VH1 mm -hmm. where they'll have I like, I haven't seen it. It's crazy, man. They'll have players highlighted and his mile per hour and how fast he's running down the field and this and that the percentage of a pass getting completed that the person's going to throw. Cause we've seen the next gen stats in commercials for like the NFL and stuff like that. The entire game for two plus hours has all of these stats coming across the screen. And I don't know if that's how they typically show a Thursday night game or if they do this just for the replay, but I watched the replay of the 49ers Seahawks game and whew, these Niners are scaring me, man. And it's, it's got to be, re, be re replay. I, I can't see them doing it while it's live. Yeah, I can't see them doing that live. But if they are, I mean, hey, Jeff Bezos has enough money to rule the world. Who knows, man? He might have a time machine. He's able to put these stats in ahead of time. <laughs> but some of these stats that were coming in earlier, I can see why the 49ers are ranked where they are in the NFL power rankings. And I wanted to ask you, knowing that they've got the very last pick in the draft in, they've got their third quarterback in, who's the rookie, Brock Purdy, where do you think they rank in the NFL amongst all the other teams? Hmm. Well, that defense is something that's real serious. So I'm going to say uh, I, I feel top five at least, probably two. I'll say, I'll say two. Yeah, man. You, you definitely hit the nail on the head. They were top five. They're actually number two in the NFL. And during the bye week, the Niners played the Bucks, which is the wife's team. She's from the Tampa area. And I ended up watching that game until they went up by 21 points. I mean, I'm thinking it's going to be a close game. Tom Brady's going back out to San Francisco where he grew up. He bought over 100 tickets to have all of his family out there. And they're going against a rookie. Man, the Niners are just a solid team. And this is actually what it says on the NFL website. Brock Purdy has been tested twice. And the rookie has aced both exams with flying colors. It's a best-case scenario for the 49ers, who initially profiled as would-be Super Bowl contenders, ruined by bad injury luck after Jimmy Garoppolo was lost to a broken foot in Week 13. Instead, Purdy has kept the offense efficient and productive while the defense continued to squeeze the life out of its opponents. Geno Smith and the Seahawks found that out the hard way on Thursday as a Seattle quarterback was sacked three times and hounded relentlessly by a savage San Fran pass rush. Winners mm. of seven straight. The Niners were NFC West champs for the first time since 2019. I didn't realize I've been on a seven-game winning streak either. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a tough task heading out to San Fran. And I was hoping it'd be easier, but after watching this Purdy kid, man, he is no joke. And he mm -hmm. likes to use his legs. He likes to run around, and he can make the throws. And more importantly, he's got weapons. Now... You hit the nail on the head with the Niners. Where do you think the commanders are, knowing that we tied the game versus Giants, NFL power ranking-wise, and we just lost this last one? We were 14th on the list. So where do you think we are now? Um, I'll say 17. Ooh, you're close. You're close. We actually dropped down one, which I'm kind of surprised. Because I would probably put us around 17. We're now 15th. So, so we, we we went up one. You said we were we what? were we were 14th and we dropped the 15th. We dropped okay. Okay. I would have thought so we were going you want to have the lesser 17. number. 
Yeah, it's like golf. So we want to have the lesser number here. And saying here, when it was over, the commanders had every right to be frustrated. An illegal procedure penalty ball to Terry McLaurin wiped out a Brian Robinson touchdown in the final minute. And a subsequent fourth down pass to Curtis Samuel was ruled incomplete despite compelling visual evidence that Samuel had been interfered with by a Giants corner, Darnay Holmes. Of course, the Giants could point to other moments in the game where the commanders could have taken control and failed to do so, including the previous Washington position and a Taylor Heineke fumble in the red zone. A confounding night all around for a commander's team that just made its path to the playoffs a lot more difficult. And from a playoff perspective, we're still in it right now. We're the seventh seed. Yeah. You know, we talked about it on the last show. We control our own destiny. It just right now, and I, I'm just speaking for me, it doesn't feel like we're the seventh seed. It feels like we're on the out looking in because of the opponent this week. And I said earlier, I went out to FedEx Field. So since I live in D.C., I can't place a bet unless I go to an actual like Caesar Sportsbook or unless I'm down by Nats Park. So when I was out at FedEx, I was looking at all the spreads. Right now, we're seven and a half point dogs. Mm -hmm. So depending on what book you get it at, the commanders getting seven and a half points. So I'm thinking, you know, take the take the commanders and the points and we'll see how it goes. But I mean, for you. Do you feel like we're the seventh seed or do you feel like that thing is just slipping away and it's kind of hard to even think about the playoffs right now? It's not hard for me to think about the playoffs because that's all we've been talking about. And it's still in the forefront of my mind. The only time I will stop thinking about the playoffs is when we truly get eliminated, whenever that may be, if and when other than that, that's all I've been thinking about. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep that mindset. Um, and technically, what do we say? We, we need at least two out of the three. So, uh, and of course, three out of three, we're, we're automatically in. Yeah, so say again, we're golden. If we get three out of three. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We're so I'm, I'm thinking that basically San Fran's got nothing to play for. This, 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 this is rally captain and rally captain only. San Fran's got nothing to play for. We're going to go to San Fran and beat them because they've, they're in the playoffs. They've clinched, and what do they have to play for? So that's my th thought process. I don't want to so, hear – I don't want to hear, well, once, what difference does it make because you, you get in and the first round you're out. I don't care. I want to get in at least. So I feel as though San Fran, they're going to play us tough, but – we want it, we're going to want it more than they want it. We need it, whereas they don't need it, if that makes sense. So technically, that's not 100% correct because they're playing for the second seed. So they're a game behind the Vikings. They could still technically catch the Eagles. I doubt that's going to happen, but Jalen Hurts is out right now. But they clinched the NFC West. They're 10 and 4. Mm -hmm. The Vikings are 11 and 3 they can catch the Vikings and they want to have the two seed versus the three seed because you're the two seed means you're hosting the game unless you're playing the Eagles. So they are playing for that last playoff spot or, I mean, that second playoff spot. Second so, playoff spot. Yeah. But they've On made top it though. Of that, they've they've yeah, made it yeah, though. They've made it, but it's all about matchups and it's all about having that home field advantage in the playoffs and who you get to play. And I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan, the way we did his dad and the way we did him <laughs> here, this is personal. Trent Williams, time. this is personal. And yes, we have played the Niners three out of the past four years. So you would think they get it out of their system by now. But if the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan had a chance to knock out Dan Snyder and the commanders in this team from the playoffs, from the postseason, you're damn sure they're going to do everything they possibly can to win this game. Okay. So you can try and, you know, do a little psychology on yourself and say they got nothing to play for. You but there's, good. there's something about <laughs> pride, man. Cause I'm sorry. We did not, we, but you know, the Redskins did the Shanahan's wrong and we would be in a better situation. Kyle's a better coach. I mean, I, oh, I, I definitely would agree with you on that. He, 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 hands down, he is. I mean, yeah. he, he, he's an innovative type of guy, whereas I don't see us being that innovative. I mean, all we've ever heard was play to Tyler's strengths. 
played with strengths. And whereas he revamped his whole offense for, uh, what was it, Justin? Was, what was well, the quarterback? He were, let's, first off, let's just give him go back. They designed an entire offense, the Shanahan's, for yeah. RG3. Yeah. And then they designed an entire offense for Kirk Cousins at the same time. Mm-hmm. We've got Scott Turner that is too stubborn to design an offense for Ryan Fitzpatrick, for who that Carson Wentz, and for Taylor Heineke. You know, it's just, it's the lack of, I guess, trying to think of the proper term here, to be able to mold your system around your players. Coach Gibbs tailored his system around the strengths of his players, and that's what Kyle does. And that's the part that has concerned me because I was hoping that with Brock Purdy coming in, they'll, you know, they'll miss a beat. But man, Kyle is just so good at being able to tailor everything to his players' strengths. And that's really what concerns me in this matchup. And the thing is, from an offensive perspective, the 49ers are first in, actually, sorry, they are second in time of possession. They're 10th in offensive scoring, ninth in rushing offense and 14th in passing offense. So those aren't killer numbers for the second highest team in NFL power rankings, but their defense is legit. Total defense, they're first. They're only giving up 286.1 yards per game. They're 13th in passing defense, right? But they are 74th. They give up 74 yards in rushing defense. So they're first in rushing defense. They're Mm. no joke when it comes down to it, man. And looking back at Purdy's college stats, the guy started 46 starts in college. So it's not like, you know, and I hate to bring up this comparison, but it's not like Dwayne Haskins where, you know, we only started one season in college. He had 46 starts back in college. So he's got reps and he knows. He's seasoned. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. And that's part of what concerns me going into this matchup and a lot of people were calling in to sports junkies today and to be Mitch and Finley and just all the other shows around here. I mean, six o'clock in the morning, my radio goes off on one six, seven, and it stays on until, you know, nighttime, no offense to the nighttime guys. I don't know who they are, but I'm just <laughs> listening to this and you got people calling in and we actually asked our listeners, you know, do you see the commanders winning? And if so, how? And, you know, giving you some of these stats and the fact that the Niners are who they are right now, I wanted to find out from our listeners, like, what are they thinking? How are they feeling? Do they feel like me where did we just tease ourselves with all this playoff talk or how are we going to beat these Niners? Well, this was Mike V texting in. And for those of you that want to participate with the show, our text and voicemail number is 202 677-5860. We're also looking for a sponsor for that. So if you want your company tied to it, or hey, if Jim Bob just wants to sponsor it, let us know. We'll, we'll call it the Jim Bob listener line. That's not a problem. <laughs> well, but, before Mike V, before you read Mike V's comments, sure. let me say, let me let me say this, man. All right. By all purposes and meanings, yes, San Fran should wipe the floor with us. They should, okay? But at the same time, we've still got to play, and I'm not going to just lay down, and nor is the team. I'm not going to just lay down because of what stats and and how fast they look on film and how fast they are on the field and all that good stuff. I'm not going to do it. We've got to play, and if the stars and moon line up, we can win. All right, we can play mistake-free football. Now, we haven't played mistake-free football since the Eagles. Let's just be realistic about it. Yeah. And we had some help with the, with the face mask. So, who knows? The refs may be on our side this game. You know, they, we, we made national news, national headlines. Everyone is against us, so they say. So, now, we may have a sympathetic ref who may even look out after us and say, hey, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call more of a heavy Washington game. It's possible. So we're gonna need some help. Is was what I'm is what I'm getting at. I said all that to say we're gonna need some help. So we're definitely gonna need some help. Yeah. I mean, and they you've got to play the game. No one other than mm-hmm. you, you know, thought we were gonna beat the Eagles. But 
it's it's different. You're talking a division game where you play these guys two times a year in that Eagles team. And that Eagles team had a weakness. They were weak up front. They were bad against the run in the middle, and they had a defensive tackle that went out a week or two prior to playing us. To the point of we embarrassed them so bad, they picked up a couple of defensive tackles after the game. After, so yeah, we actually made the Eagles stronger by kicking their ass on Monday Night Football. The, the difference here is... The 49ers' weakness is a rookie quarterback that's actually balling out right now. He is the weak link on their team. And that weak link is still made out of some steel because he's doing very well right now. And it's kind of frustrating. But Mike said, if we negate that San Francisco pass rush and smash mouth all damn day, I will take our chances with our defense versus a rookie QB, especially with St. Juice returning. Negate that SF pass rush and hammer them for 60 minutes, HTTR. And I asked Mike if he thought we were going to win. Mike said, yes, he's taking us. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping Mike is right. The 49ers are second in time of possession. We're first in time of possession. So it's going to be interesting on mm. who wins that battle, who wins that matchup. But we talked about it last show. We didn't convert our first third down until what was it, 14 minutes in the fourth quarter. It was something ridiculous. And if we want to win a time possession battle, we're going to have to do that. And if we do that, we're going to have to get the damn ball to Brian Robinson. And this is actually what the press asked Scott Turner on Brian Robinson. Asked on this too, and I know a lot of it's dictated by game circumstance and the flow of the game, but generally, would you like to get Brian Robinson the ball more, just get it in his hands more? Or? Yeah, he was he was doing really well. I mean, you know, 12 carries, you look at it and, you, you know, you say, man, we, we really should have given him the ball more than that. Um, you know, we've been on the field a lot, uh, and we've had a lot more plays. You know, we had 58 plays, I think. Um, some of the situations in the game um, at the end there, especially we're kind of in a two-minute type mode, you know. So when you look at it and you come out of there, 26 pass, 26 runs, 29 passes, you know that's pretty balanced. Um, you know some of those, you know, because of Brian and how he was running, you know, looking back at it, yeah, you you, sh- you would have liked him to touch it, touch it more. When you look back and and think something like that, how do you make sure that? You know, you you do you make that adjustment in the future. Is that something you just keep top of mind? Or yeah, I mean, he that? had a lot of his carries in the first half. Obviously, um, came out in the, the the third quarter. We we came out five passes and and the reverse to Diami and scored. You know what I mean? Um, you know, went down the field. You know, had the three and out the next drive where we had a shot on the flea flicker, um, almost hit it. You know, and then uh, you know he had a couple carries after that. You know, it's just those drive. We had the and then we had kind of big plays, big play drives that stalled. So our drives weren't the drives we've kind of had in the past that have been those 12, you know, 15 play drives. We were more that six to eight, you know, play. And those are big chunk plays. Then all of a sudden, you know, you go and get to third down and you don't convert um, and you're off the field. So when you have longer drives, obviously there's more opportunities to uh, to hand it off. But, you know, again, I got to be aware of that and, and, and get him get him some carries. And we harped on it. I mean, there's it's just we're 15. Sorry, we are 5-0 and when Brian Robinson carries the ball more than 15 times. One thing that, that I didn't hear is I didn't hear why he decided to get go from lead yeah. the run. I didn't, I didn't hear that. I mean, I just heard, yeah, I mean, we needed to run the ball. But why did you stop running the ball? And that's the, I was that's- waiting to hear that as well. And I, I really wish some of the beat reporters and I might text some of them and say, hey, can you ask this question? Like, why are you going away from this? The fact that Antonio Gibson had more carries, sorry, more snaps than Brian Robinson. I just I don't get it. And this offense is built off of the play action pass. And this was a stat that John Kime had. Washington attempted 10 play action passes tied for its third lowest total of the season. This should be an O built off PA, especially considering how they've been running the ball. They manage 157 yards off play action, second highest of the season. So knowing that your entire offense is dictated by, you know, your running game, if you will, because your passing game is coming off of play action. Why are you going away from that? And I think it's just because Scott Turner tries to get cute. And that's what worries me about this game. 
the 49ers have the best rushing defense in the NFL. So is Scott Turner going to use that as an excuse to not give Brian Robinson the ball again? Is he going to use that as an excuse to try and just throw the ball up in the air? And if that's the case, we're in for a long ass day because the Niners pass rush is no joke. It's, it's crucial. I it's mean, crucial. Bosa is up for yeah. defensive player of the year right now. And I should have had his stats up. But I mean, at last I checked, he and Micah Parsons are basically 1A and 1B for defensive player of the year. And it's, we're in for a tough task trying to block that man. So do you see us in a lot of match protect then? I think we're going to have to be in some max protect, definitely a decent amount of max protect, but it's got to be max protect with the option to leak out with the option to get out. And the part that's been frustrating and watching the games and going back and taking a look at it, we're in max protect, but if a guy's not getting rushed or they're not actually doing anything, you don't see them then coming out as a safety valve for Taylor. So is that just not something that we've got built into the offense? Is that not something that the players practice and work on? Or are they just trying to stay back to make sure that they are there just in case Taylor like hits something? Like a delayed rush or something? Yeah. And Bosa right now has 41 tackles, 15 and a half sacks, and one forced fumble. So imagine Thibodeau from the Giants, mm -hmm. except he doesn't have a tan. And he's been doing this for a lot longer. I mean, yeah. oh, road Bosa, rage. It's oh, coming. Yeah. There's no joke. And they, I think, are seventh in the NFL. Yeah, they're tied for seventh with sacks at 39. These guys get pressure, whether it's up the middle, whether it's from the edges, or they'll bring a blitz. And their linebackers have a ton of speed. So I, Scott Turner has got to call a better game plan. He's got to, you know, I, in my mind, the key is what's he going to do? And this is actually a quote about the 49ers defense. Is this San Francisco defense one of the better ones that you guys face? And will you use, you use this as a measuring stick to kind of see where you guys are at? Um, I do think it is one of the better ones we will see across the board. I mean, athletically, they're, 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 they're solid. Um, they've got guys that can run, that do things really well. Um, they, they're, like I said, they have a real tight package that they're very good at. Um, and it, it is it is some somewhat of a measuring stick, and, and it is a good opportunity to kind of see how we rank and how we stack up against people. This is a huge measuring stick game. Obviously, if mm -hmm. we find a way to pull off this win out in Santa Clara, then we're a contender to be feared in the postseason if we actually get a chance to make it in. No one's really given us a shot. I mean... Rob, one of our listeners here, actually chimed in and said, tough matchup this week, but nobody gave us a chance versus Philly. Remember? We play better on the road. We look more prepared versus quality upper echelon teams. This game will be won or lost by the offensive and defensive lines. If the O-line can win versus the San Fran front seven, then we win. If our front seven can stop that run game and force Brock Perry to beat us, I like our chances. Happy holidays, fellas. Left hand up. Take command. And I asked Rob, do you think we're going to win this week? Rob said yes. Okay. So Rob and Mike and you drinking the same Kool-Aid. Well, actually, I don't know. I haven't got your prediction yet, so save that for the end. <laughs> but Rob and Mike drinking the same Kool-Aid and thinking we got a chance to pull this off this week. And you guys are right, man. No one gave us a shot versus Philly other than Rally. And probably Rob and probably Mike. But it's a different team and we're unfortunately a different team because we're still a little banged up. We've got our third center in there who, you know, obviously didn't have as good a game against giants that interior pass rush got to Taylor. We're going to have to do something. And I feel that we've got to, you know, play smash mouth football and keep them on their toes and keep them on their toes with that play action pass that will give Taylor time to find some guys open. But the 49ers defense, they are really disciplined. Mm -hmm. So basically what you're saying is we've got to try to establish the run. And then once we establish the run, then try to do a little pass here and there, but, but making them think that we're going to run the ball. 
I, I yeah, that's what I think we're going to have to do because no one okay. fears. I mean, Taylor, and he kind of drove me crazy during his post game, actually during his press conference yesterday, where the media asked him, what was the problem in the red zone? And he said the Giants played cover two and we didn't call any cover two Peter plays. I mean, he didn't call out Scott Turner specifically, but he said the plays that we called were not good against the cover two. Well, did you not know that that was what they were going to run? Did you not know that that's what was going to happen? And go mm. ahead. So I was just going to say, so if you knew that they were in cover two, I thought he had the ability to be able to check out of it to make a play so that it could counteract the, the cover two. He can, I mean, but part of that is we were in, we had no timeouts left and you're in a hurry up offense at that point and you don't have the clock in your favor. So for him to be able to audible and check out some of those plays and also a cover two defense, you can't tell it's cover two typically until the ball is snapped. Until the snap. Gotcha. Your so, pre-read doesn't, doesn't dictate and indicate it. I got you. Exactly. Because you'll see a lot of motion pre-snap. The motion will tell a quarterback if they're in man, if they're in zone, what's going on. A cover two, you're not going to have a defensive back follow your wide receiver going in motion. So that means they could just be sitting in the zone versus sitting in a cover two or cover three. If you're in the end zone, you're not playing a cover three at that point. So it's just a matter of finding all this out and digesting this information the second it's snapped when you see what's going on. If you've got a back leaking out to the flat and that defensive back goes there and stays with them, then you know he's in a cover two at that point because they've got flat responsibility. And if you've got a wide receiver going off and maybe going for a post corner or something like that, then that safety is responsible there. You've got that honey hole and that gap. It's just, it didn't really work out. And really what I think we're going to have to do is we're going to have to rely on Taylor Mm -hmm. to start doing what he did last game and that was using his legs and this is actually what he said about that Sunday was your most prolific rushing day of the season did you see that impact the game at all or, or did it add anything for you specifically yeah um I think the more I can use my legs you know when I need to um and it be a positive um you know it just helps us out again it's just another thing that the defense has to worry about um you know I was I was really hoping I could get to that pylon there. Uh, you know, Thibodeau did a good job of closing that out. Um, but yeah, you know, the more I can use my legs and, and when it's needed, uh, it'll help out the offense a lot. Oh, it's needed. <laughs> well, see, so I heard another interview that he says he understands he needed to use his legs, but then he said something, and I'm paraphrasing about you know, it's not fun getting hit. So, so I think that he, he, he may want to run, but is his, uh, the fact that he gets hurt or not hurt, but those, 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 those licks that he takes, he doesn't want that heat. So, I mean, I never played NFL football, but I, I hear it on the TV and I hear it at the games and, and it's a loud noise. So, and a, and yeah. a, and a, a wild collision. So, I mean, he, he basically said it, you know, yeah, I know I should, but at the same time, man, those hits hurt. And yeah. it, to me, it, it, the indication of that is when he did scramble for the pylon, he had room. Now, maybe in his mind, he didn't think he could make it. But when you look at the tape, he could have cut it back up and just gone right there. But he, he, didn't follow, yeah, he, he didn't follow his block the right way or, or maybe he thought the guy was coming closer than what he was. Whatever it was, he didn't do it. And I'm thinking that he was shy because he thought he was going to get hit. So JP Finley from uh, NBC Sports Washington and B. Mitch and Finley show said that he thought that Taylor slipped when he was going to try and make that cut in off of that block that Jahan was throwing. So that might have been what happened. But who knows? But he did say that he was hurting and he needed ice and he was banged up. I mean, he was good enough to go at the Caps game the other night and chug <laughs> a beer for the crowd. And I'm sorry, any of you fans out there that are pissed off about the players spending time together on Monday night at the Caps game when Tuesdays are day off, you guys need to calm the hell down. I mean, yes, these guys yeah. just lost a huge game to the Giants, but you think they're going to sit there and watch film until 11 o'clock at night? They got to unwind. 
Yeah, you know? I had a, I had a guy tell me instead of drinking beer, he should have been watching film. And I said, they do get a day off, you know. I mean, come on, man. You get a day off? I mean, they were in watching film on Monday. So after the game, they came in, they got treatment, they watched film with their position coaches and the team, and Tuesday was their day off this week, and it's a short week. The guys got to take a break. They, you know, you, you can't just go football 24-7, 365. Yeah. It's just you're, you're going to burn out. It's not healthy. And seeing fans chime in, and I texted you today, said, man, you tagged me in a tweet. It's like, I muted that jackass so long ago, <laughs> you know, and I just see all those fans out there that are just giving the team a hard time for celebrating and this and that. And just, you know, they're real people. Like I don't ask for autographs when I see the guys in public because they're out with their families, but they're just right. trying to be like us, except Normal. their wallets a lot fatter than mine. Yeah, but it's definitely true. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to run into like Rocky McIntosh in Tyson's Corner walking around the mall. And, you know, he's going into the Louis store and I'm going into Old Navy. You know, it's definitely <laughs> a different caliber atmosphere back then and still the same today. But one stat that Earl Forsey, so Earl does the updates for uh, WJFK, 1067 The Fan. Earl said, according to Sport or Spot Track, they do contract predictions for players. Tell me if you heard this. Taylor's going to be an unrestricted free agent. We've, you know, everyone knows we've mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Spot track is estimating that Taylor is set to make $19.7 million average salary next season. They're saying his market value on a three-year deal would be $59 million based upon his quarterback ranking right now. So is that as a backup or a starter? That's as a starter. Okay. So, you know, they are assuming that he is going to be a starter for some team next year based upon his playing hmm. and that he could make $19 million, almost $20 million. And there's obviously got to be a market. There's going to have to be people that want him. But considering how quarterback star the NFL is, I'm sure a team is going to pay him that if the commanders mm -hmm. offered him that. I'm going to yell and scream till I'm blue in the face. But I don't see them offering that. No. But if you're Taylor's agent, I'm immediately sending a screenshot of this to you saying, uh, I know you like using your legs the other day, but you got at least three games left in the season. Don't risk this payday. Don't risk this chance to, you know, set generations of your family up for future success. Or, or, hey, yep. we you may have a possibility of getting more, doing more, getting more by doing more. So, it, it, to me, it's a double-edged sword. So, we, we really don't know. But I, I think that if he played even better and, and, and played smarter, because we know that, yes, running quarterbacks can get hurt faster than a pocket quarterback. However, I'm a firm believer, man. If it's your time, it's your time. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a guy who believes that what happens in life is, is just how it was supposed to happen. And if he's going to get hurt sliding or get hurt uh, in the pocket, that's how it was meant to be. You know, this game isn't forever. So get it while you can and make the best of it while you can. And, and he can get it done with his legs as well. I understand, but you can't play scared. Otherwise, you'll lose this game. Well, great. You can't play scared. You know, you you hesitate for one split second, and that's when you get hurt. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if that's in the back of his mind with these numbers coming out this week of the fact that he's got a chance to do this. And keep in mind, yeah, you know, he could make more, but he could make nothing, right? Because he is not under contract. So you're going from, it's like deal or no deal, right? Mm -hmm. All right. That case says, you know, $5 million. We don't know what the other cases are going to say, or you could get zero, right? What are you going to go for? And this is his livelihood. This is, and it's not like he's made a ton of money. No, right? he hasn't. At the same time, we do have someone who is waiting in the wings. And we saw that during the timeouts, during halftime. We saw that. That six five redheaded guy 
ready. The rocket. So, so yeah. So uh, he can go ahead and and, and play play uh, cautious if he wants to. But the minute that he does, and and they see that, they're gonna pull him. I honestly believe that. They're, I, I honestly believe they're waiting to pull him. I think Rivera wants to pull him. I think Rivera wants an excuse to take him out based upon everything he has said in his press conferences. And once again, I don't trust Rivera. You know, I've publicly said that numerous times. Yeah. But the fact that Heineke had 43 yards passing last week against the Giants and that he was averaging less than three yards a throw, you know, those are reasons to pull the guy. And then you've got other people out there saying, well, you can't put Wentz in after he's been on the shelf for eight weeks and expect him to go out there versus the number one defense in the NFL. And I get that, but this is a stat that was out there that uh, J.P. Finley had. Heineke has four more completions than Carson Wentz, and he's played two more games than Wentz. He has nine more passes in two more starts than Carson. You know, it's obvious that this offense identity changed because, you know, multiple things. We got Brian Robinson Jr. back from the shooting and he's better. So, you know, you play at the strengths of your team. But on top of that, Heineke just is not a thrower. And you're going to have to throw to win this game. We're going to have to still have a balanced attack, but we're going to have to complete those throws. And I'm trying to remember who had this out there. It's a video by Mark Bullock. Mark put this out there, stood out to me on the opening drive, three opportunities for a seam throw for Heineke and none of them hit. And I'll put the video up on our YouTube where the throw's there and a seam throw, for those that don't know, it's basically you're running down the hash on the field. If you see those dotted hashes down the field, typically it's a tight end running down the hash on that seam throw and Heineke just didn't hit it, and he missed it. Those are throws that Carson can make in his sleep. Those are throws that he can do, and we saw him do when he was healthy. And is Taylor not doing it for whatever reason? Because his arm's not there, or he's too scared? And they asked Rivera, what's the problem in the red zone? What's the hesitation? And Rivera said that Heineke was waiting kind of for the perfect throw, and I'm paraphrasing. I didn't cut up that clip. Mm-hmm. But in the red zone, you can't wait. You have to no throw guys thing. open. Yeah, no such thing as a perfect throw, perfect time. No, you've got to throw the guys open. And this is actually what Heineke said on the 49ers defense. The Niners defensive front, they're very good. Obviously, the numbers speak for themselves. What do you focus on when you look at that? What can you do to do, mitigate their impact a little bit? Uh, more of the same I did this past week, just focus on my footwork, uh, try and put those offensive linemen in the best position they can be in. And, uh, you know, we have full confidence in those guys. They did a great job against Philly when we played them. They have a good front. Um, so it, it's a challenge for those guys, but you know they're they're looking forward to it. Focusing on your footwork, hey, that's great. I know his footwork has been bad at times, and the ball sails. But I need you to focus on actually putting that ball where it's supposed to be. And well, in his mind, he he probably feels that when he does take those type of risks, that he gets picked off or near picked off, and he doesn't want that. No one wants it. I mean. It's unfortunately part of having him as your starting quarterback is those, I guess, interceptable balls, those balls that, you know, we were all yelling and screaming about the Terry flag. We were yelling and screaming about Curtis Samuel getting mugged in the end zone. People forget that Heineke, a play before that, threw an interceptable ball right into a Giants defender's hands that dropped it. We never mm-hmm. would have had the Terry controversy and Curtis Samuel getting his oil checked by the Giants defensive player. I mean. <laughs> yeah. What's so, underneath the hood? It's just, it's part of riding and dying with that guy. And I didn't realize that we were having listeners ask us questions. We actually got Raphael sending us a question into the listener line. Captain Riley, Chuck it in. My question is this now. This is me, Raphael. All right. My question is this. Will you be our starting quarterback? We cannot lose no more. There was more, but his cell phone signal 
cut out and I cut the rest of it out there. A couple of one-liners, a couple of jokes. I think he's going to be headlining at the Improv later on. But just of it is, who do you think should be our starting quarterback? Should it be four or should 11 get a shot? Well, as I said, we're going to start with four. But the minute that he starts to waver, 11 should come in. But the question is, who should start in your eyes? You're... Right now, right now, it's it's still Heineke. And, okay. and I know that's probably just an unpopular thought process. I but think right it's now, popular. yeah, right now it's it still should be Heineke. Um and he's on a short leash though. Very short leash. That's that's yeah. what I see. No, I, I agree he should be on a short leash. Is he on a short leash? I don't know if he is on a short leash. I think I, I feel that, you know, the things that make sense is not what this team does. You know, Landon Collins playing Buffalo nickel. They waited till week eight to actually move him down there. You know, stuff that makes sense isn't exactly how it plays out here. I think his leash should have been pulled at halftime last week. So it gave Wentz a half to get some of the rust off. I can see why they didn't want to do that because you're throwing him in in a must-win game, if you will, against a division foe. But it's not like it got easier this week going up against the 49ers. But John from Manassas says, what's up, rally captain? I think for this team to come out with a win, they need to be successful running the ball like we did against Philly, which was another good defense. And they can't go away from it. Got to have a good balance of run and pass. Defensively, they got to get pressure on Purdy and get him uncomfortable. That was one thing they didn't do to Jones. That is a good San Francisco team, but they can be beat too. And we are good on the road this season. So hopefully they can shock the world once again and keep us in the playoff hunt. Merry Christmas to you and Ted too. And he also thinks we're going to win this week. Well, what are we on the road? We've lost one. I don't know our road record. I haven't bothered paying attention to that. I, so. think we, I think we've lost one. Yeah, we've lost one and tied one. Okay. So, See, to so, me, that means nothing. It, I, no, it's I, all about I, the I understand that. But, 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 but based upon what they're saying, it may not mean anything, but for whatever reason, we have played better on the road. So I, it's I don't also know the why. teams you're playing. I mean, who did we play on the road this year? We played the Texans on the yeah. road this year. You know, yeah. we, we played the Lions. We lost to the Lions on the road. We played the Colts, who had a crappy quarterback, and we had a YOLO ball from Taylor, and we won that game. You know, it, it just depends on who you're playing Chicago. on the road. I, I got you. I got you. Know? you. I'm, not going, I'm not going against you, brother. We're on the same team. I hear you. It's just, <laughs> I mean, like, okay, here's a stat that's going out there. Washington is 6-2 and two all time on Christmas Eve. Whoop de doo. We're six and <laughs> two on has, Christmas Eve. That has nothing to do with this Christmas Eve. <laughs> you know, that, that's amazing. The that last the time we played on I, Christmas I Eve was 2017 hey, against the. To... Yeah, I hear you. There's, you know, we've got to have line. something. Yeah. We, we, we got to have something to touch, to hold on to. So that, that's, that's what we're doing, man. No, I, I get it, man. And I'm not trying to bring everybody down. And I agree. Like everyone's thoughts on what we need to do to win. Yeah, we've got to run the ball. I, I don't agree with we've got to get pressure on Purdy because I feel that getting pressure on Purdy is going to leave us susceptible to him using his legs. That boy can run, and he is not afraid to do it because mm -hmm. he knows that he is basically putting up film for someone else. The 49ers isn't his team. It's Jimmy G's team, and who else is that other guy that they got? Vance, What's the thing? Yeah. The the other quarterback. Why can't I think of his name? Isn't it Vance? Isn't it something? No, he's not even on the roster because he's on IR. So, oh my goodness, it was something. I thought it was something Vance. Like maybe I'm wrong, but it's gonna drive me crazy. Everyone knows who it is. Yeah, and, and I'm Trey Lance, right? Yeah, yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. So it's their team. It's not his team. So he is putting up film for someone else to get him. So he is balling out. He is using his legs. He's running for first downs. He's scrambling for touchdowns. I mean, he is doing everything he needs to to make sure as a seventh-round draft pick, can you imagine how much money he's being paid? Knowing now yeah. that he's a starting quarterback of the 49ers, he is getting a chance to earn that extra dough when the time comes.
And he's so going to do everything he can. Basically, he's a 2020 Taylor Heineke. And that's actually what Heineke said. They, they, you know, basically Heineke said, hey, he was drafted. I wasn't. Actually, Heineke mm-hmm. was drafted, wasn't he? Or wasn't he? I don't think so. Yeah. So Heineke said he was drafted. I wasn't. So he's rooting for the guy at that point, And he wants him to succeed, but just not this week. Yeah, he wasn't drafted. So he's got one leg up on Heineke from that standpoint. But mm-hmm. the thing is, he has no fear. You know, I, I showed pictures of our kitten that we adopted, right? And he's driving Mrs. Tailgate and I slightly batshit crazy right now because <laughs> he has no fear. He doesn't know what's going to hurt him right now or what he shouldn't be doing. It's the same thing with Brock Purdy. He's got no fear. He's free rolling right now. He is doing everything he can. The team is already in the playoffs. No one's looking over his shoulder. Heineke's got... This guy that's six foot five looking down on him over his shoulder right now. So if anyone's got pressure on him, it's Heineke. It's not Purdy. And go ahead. I was going to say, you give me a couple of those balls that he threw last Sunday when everybody said he didn't have an arm. I, I mean, he sailed those suckers and it surprised me. So maybe, and I know it takes time for those type of plays to, to, to develop, but providing that we can catch him off guard, he can still sling the ball down the field. Oh, he so can. Let's, he can. Let's, let's make it happen. We just, in my opinion, we have to turn them as one-dimensional as possible. We have to put five in the box, which is what we did against the Giants the first go-around, except Daniel Jones ate us up. But yeah, we need to stop Christian McCaffrey. We need to mm-hmm. stop their running attack, and we need to force him to make the throws. And George Kittle... The guy is no joke. You know, we're going to have to make sure that he doesn't exploit us and go from there because I don't think Debo is playing. I think he, yeah, he's out for a little bit longer still. Maybe two more games. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got Brandon Ayuk and they've got McLeod. So what's going to go on there? If we can slow down their running game and not let them eat the clock up, and stop them from doing that. And we force the kid to potentially make a mistake. I'm not saying he's going to, but if we force him to actually put the ball in his hands, because Christopher Caffrey has been kicking ass since he got there. Mm-hmm. We can't get beat by him. And we have historically slowed McCaffrey down, if not shut him down when he was on the 49ers. This is a different offensive line. Trent Williams and the rest of those guys up there are no yeah. joke. So... Yeah. You know, we've got fierce. Yeah. Duran and John and Montez and F.A. and maybe Chase. They've got their hand, you know, their basically work cut out for them. But this is actually what a rally captain sidekick chimed in with. Hey, Chase, this is Jimmy in Baltimore, big red skin man down here in Dallas, Texas and stuff, a.k.a. rally captain sidekick. Hey, man. Um. I like the way they played it on. You know, as far as I'm concerned, after the kind of letdown game that we had against the Giants that, you know, shouldn't have happened, I'm not going to blame the referees and stuff because we were in a better position to take care of business. And I don't think Dale real dialed up enough for that kid. So hopefully this time I think he is going to get the message and dial it up. And it's going to be a close game, but, hey, you know what? I don't know, I'm never going to say we're going to lose. So give me three points on top, man. Win it with a field goal. Take fly home with it, you know. Make Make things, shake up things back in the NFC standards and stuff, because we already know, hopefully the Eagles take care of their business. But, you know, it is what it is and stuff. But, yeah, that's how I figure, man. I take my chances. I'm not scared of their defense. I mean, this is the part that we're supposed to be smashed by them. And I think Scott Turner's going to turn it around and run the ball like he should have. Whew, seven yards to carry. Yep, we've given it to Curtis. And I don't know why, man, that play wasn't working. That's worse than the old Redskins used to run that wide receiver screen and went for zero or negative yards over and over again. But, hey, you know, this is the commanders now, so let's roll and see what we got with them, man. Now, I'll digress. Sit back and listen to the podcast, man. Y'all have a good week, brother. Have a safe trip. you going out. We appreciate that, James. Thanks, man. I'm just curious. Did you take applications for a sidekick or how did, how'd that come about? Well, it was a heavy screening 
and uh, you know, oh, yeah. he, he he passed the test, so there you have it. <laughs> there you go. No, I remember I met him in Houston, right? At the not Houston, yeah. at the Chicago. No, Chicago. Yeah. yeah, at the rally. James, good dude, man. I appreciate you listening, James, supporting the show. And I know he's not taking us to lose. He's he's picking us to win. Mm -hmm. How do we get the win on Christmas Eve? If you're Scott Turner. How do you make sure, and you're Jack Del Rio, your game plan, because Rivera doesn't actually do anything on game days. How do you make sure the commanders get the win on Christmas Eve? Well, it goes back to what we have been talking about for the longest time. Uh, four rushing is one. That's the first thing. Staying in your lanes, maintaining your lanes, the defensive what? staying in your lane. And the offensive line has got to come together and really and play – a tight game with each other and I'm going to need Heineke to make the throws that he needs to make. I mean, he, he's in the league now. He's, it's not like he's, a, this is, this is, you know, this first time starting or whatever have you, he, he knows what needs to be done. So get it done. And we need to be able to see the dynamic Heineke, not the docile Heineke. Yeah. No, that's, that's, those are definitely some good, points on what we need to do i mean for me we we gotta stay ahead of the chains we cannot have second and 18 and nick bosa coming around the edge beating charles leno and getting a strip sack fumble touchdown you know we we have to play disciplined football when it comes down to that we have to stay in short yardage as much as possible we can't convert one third down in the entire freaking game you know, if you want to beat this team, you have to keep their offense off the field. And more importantly, we have to get at least two turnovers without giving up any. We have to be plus two in turnovers this mm. Saturday if we're going to win this game. And we didn't have any good mm. ones last week. We gave up the ball twice last time. So yeah. we have to make sure we're at least plus two in turnovers. And I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I need Riverboat Ron to actually be Riverboat Ron. You cannot punt the ball on your 34-yard line in a must-win game against a division opponent. You have got to put Joey Sly out there and go for that field goal and at least try and put some points on the board. Yeah. You're seven-and-a-half-point dogs in this fight. And there's a reason for that because your offense isn't doing anything. And, man, this is, this is our season. Yes, we're still mathematically in it. If we beat the Browns and beat the Cowboys, the Cowboys are still playing for something. The Browns are no slouch either. And right now, the They're still amount in it of, too. Yeah, they are. And the amount of just wind that gets taken out of your sails, getting beat up, going out to the left coast, if you lose this game, I mean, it would be demoralizing. We need this win. It is a must win. And I understand technically it's not, but I need those things to happen. And, you know, all I want for Christmas is us to make the playoffs. I don't care what happens when we get in. All I want is we actually get to taste the postseason again and a legitimate taste of the postseason. That seven and nine division postseason was yeah. crap. We weren't even supposed to be there. We played crap quarterbacks. It was COVID. We didn't get to go to the damn game for me. It didn't count. I want us to get in and win and get in, not squeak in. But I agree. I, I, I totally agree. Because who is who has to be your Woodbridge Collectible Signature Player of the Week for that to happen? Well, as I said earlier, it's got to be Taylor. He, he is the quarterback. He touches the ball every play. He's got to recognize the coverages. He's got to say, okay, oh, that's not there. I need to tuck it and run. Oh, he's open on the seam. I need to put some more oomph into it to get to the receivers. It's Taylor all day, all day. Yeah. So for me, I'm cheating. It's It's got to be the offensive line. I need these guys to give him time. I need so, these guys to just hold up this pass rush. So basically, Woodbridge collectibles. Oh, yeah. Not the Woodbridge collectible player. All right. Players. So I need those five guys up front to okay. do their job, to give him time, because that Thibodeau touchdown was all on Charles Leno. That yeah.
pass rush for the Niners is no joke. And I need them to open up holes. And the other part, you know, and it's not a player, but it's Scott Turner. I'm sorry. That last game was an indictment on you. You need to call a better game, get your head out your ass, and actually call a game plan that's suited for your team, not for your ego. And if he does that, we can win this game on Saturday night. And we'll all get what we want for Christmas. But Ooh, he said we could win this game. So does, we that, can, mean man. does that mean you're picking them? Let's go with you first. Actually, you know what? Let's go with me first. Uh, no, I'm not. I can't. <laughs> I can't realistically pick the commanders to beat the Niners this week. They've just they've got a better coach. They've got a better defense at that point. We're on a short week flying out to San Francisco. I think the cards of the deck just stacked too heavily against us. I think we're going to make it a game. I don't think they're going to beat us by seven points, but I don't see us getting a dub out there. How about you? Hmm. Well, the last uh, time I was in San Fran, we did not win. And that was 2014, I believe. And I'm thinking that things are going to be a little different this time. I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to get a safety and we're going to win the game. I, I, that's what I think, Ted. I'll take it, man. That, that's why I wanted to ask you last so we can end this thing on a high note. Because I know you've, not that I don't have faith. I'm just trying to be true to what I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. I hope to God I'm wrong. And I hope to God you're right. And I hope we get that safety. And you know what? I love me, Trent. I miss him. I hope that safety is because he maybe slipped and something happened and he blew his pass protection and yeah. we win that game because of that. There you go, man. It's but. in the cards, bro. You said it's not in the cards. I say it's in the cards. And it, that means if we do win, you will be seeing a picture of a huge stake. <laughs> I can't wait, man. I, I need to see that stake. And for those of you wondering, because the game is on Saturday. Rally and I are actually going to record a podcast on Christmas. So open up your Christmas presents, then turn the podcast on with your family. You can listen to our game recap. We want to make sure you guys subscribe so that way you don't get a chance to miss any of the episodes. But we really appreciate you all sticking it out with us this season. We ain't done yet. We got a couple more left in us, and I'm hoping this team does too. That's right. That's right. We are far from over. And even if it is over, we will still be here for you guys to make it happen. Thank you again for listening to the DMV Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. And as I say every week, you could have been anywhere, but you decided to listen to us. And I, we greatly appreciate it. You guys rep it hard, but don't rep it at all. We'll be out of here. <laughs>